Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Wiggling, jiggling, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. Two, two, boom! Just like that. You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post time with Mike and Mike, with co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozen. Smoking Gun Shaman Hall production. Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know. I am. That just happened. That just happened. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. And uh, we've got a great show on tap for you today. We're going to uh, talk about our guest list here in just a couple of minutes. But, Mike, obviously some terrible, terrible news coming out of my former neck of the woods, a place that I spent 10 long years at, Hazel Park Raceway, closing after nearly 70 years. We're getting some pretty strong reports uh, over the last day or so that this may be taking place and official this morning. And, Mike, I'll tell you, this is uh, a very, very sad day for me. I mean, a, a very sad day for me. I mean, obviously, Mike, it's a place that I was at for a very, very long time. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's 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 a tough thing when you see, like, you know, everybody's got that first track. Everybody, I mean, people in the industry, whether they've been there as a fan, whether they've raced, whether they've worked in uh, track management or whatever, and that first track always stays near and dear in your heart. And uh, I'll tell you, it's a tough, tough day for uh, a lot of people that depended on Hazel Park Raceway, Mike. Yeah, definitely. They released the uh, following statement uh, to the local news in Detroit uh, saying over the past 25 years, uh, the gaming industry has uh, dramatically changed. Hey, Mike, um, I need to step away for a second, okay? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Some other things going on, too, with Mike Carter. But I'll tell you what, this this thing with Hazel Park, I mean, this was a – a brewing thing. I started there back in 2004. I was the track announcer there uh, between 2004 and 2012. And I was also the assistant general manager there for the last probably five or six years. I was in the race office before that. And, you know, right in 2004, in, in Hazel Park in the state of Michigan has had several opportunities to get expanded gaming and the state of Michigan and racing is always been up against very stout casino interest. They have a lot of pull uh, in Lansing, the capital of Michigan and Hazel park in particular, well, Northfield downs, obviously to some extent as well, well, to a big extent, but Hazel park was 10 miles away from three major casinos. Actually, I take that back, four major casinos, if you consider Windsor Raceway over the uh, Detroit River. But uh, we had a chance, the state of Michigan had a big, big chance in 2004 to get expanded gaming. 
Then Governor Jennifer Granholm was uh, at the helm, and we had the bill, passed the House, passed the Senate. It went to her desk for signature. She basically put it back in some kind of conference committee, which after the fact was obviously a way to stall the bill. In the meantime, the casino interests were able to craft uh, this signature initiative, and then they were able to get it on the ballot. Like a long story short, they were able to get the casino uh, language on the ballot, and it was confused. It, it was it was very confusing as far as the way the bill was written, and it uh, became affectionately or not so affectionately in the horse racing industry known as Proposal One, and we lost. I mean, it was like a sixty to thirty type vote and we just we just got crushed and i mean they they the year i got there 2004 2003 they still had the old green grandstand which sat about gosh 40 50,000 people they tore that down they built a brand new building which was uh, supposed to uh, house the casino and that was something that never saw the light of day. As a matter of fact, we used to use that to park uh, track maintenance stuff in. I mean, it, it never got a floor. It was a dirt floor. It was just a beautiful building that uh, sat back there for uh, and still sitting back there to this day. And um, and there's been a few different occasions since then where you know they've gotten close to expanded gaming uh, in terms of instant racing. Uh, you know, they've gotten close to some other things, but the casino interests were just too powerful, just too powerful. And, uh, you know, racing never had a chance. And we had pretty good lobbyists, too, in Lansing. You know, I mean, it, we, we didn't have bad lobbyists. We had good, good lobbyists, but uh, just couldn't overcome the the, the uh, powers of the casino interests. And, uh, you know, harness racing uh, was done there in 2000, and I want to say 14 was their last harness racing meet. Then they went to Thoroughbreds, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's a very sad day. Um, I know a lot of employees there, obviously. I mean, my heart goes out to them, to their families, because I know they love Hazel Park. I mean, them employees there really gave their hearts and souls to that place, and, um 2018. I mean, we, we, you know, the longer that you go without expanded gaming, it's only a matter of time. And, uh, and Mike, I don't know if you're still over there, but, uh, you know, yeah, time, yeah. yeah, time eventually just ran out. Mike, I mean, time just ran out and, uh, you know, and there it goes. Well, just like well, that. Here, here's the thing. And, you know, Mike, I, I went there on a couple of Friday nights and the amount of people that the racetrack, um, that the racetrack uh, would host on a Friday and Saturday night, you would have thought California Chrome or Airgate was turning for home in front. I mean, it was unbelievable. Um, the roar of the crowd, uh, the dollar nights, and, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a sad situation, that's for sure, and uh, we're sorry to see another one go. Mike, when we put that, when we put that uh, new apron in, and it wasn't quite ready in 2004. As a matter of fact, in 2004, because that building and that apron, and I know you called a couple of races there, or a couple of uh, cards there at Hazel Park. Um, beautiful track apron. I still say it's one of the most beautiful track aprons in the country. But um, we, in 2004, we actually, that was still under construction, we had to funnel everybody over to the clubhouse. So everybody was underneath there in the clubhouse, and the clubhouse was there since the beginning so that's an old facility too but um everybody was over there while this thing was under construction in 2004 
uh, we were calling the races from like a makeshift um, – they called it the deer blind. It was just a makeshift thing where the judges and the charter and everything was. And um, in 2005, that thing opened. And uh, I'll tell you, we really built that thing from scratch over there, Mike. It was, I think it was a board meeting that we had in 2008, and we decided to put in Dollar Night. And we decided to do that on Friday nights. We got some bands. We built an outdoor bar, which really got very popular on that track apron. Um, we started to play music in between races. We started to do driver's music. As a matter of fact, and I know a lot of places are doing driver's music now, but I think I think that might have been the first place to do driver's music. We we did that back in uh, 2008, and uh, <laughs> I still I still don't let Eric Adele uh, get down the, the song that he picked, but well, that'll be for another time. Maybe we'll have Eric on the show one of these days. Back when he was the leading driver in Michigan, and Pete Wren and Billy Dobson and Tyler Buter and them guys, but but um, we we put in that dollar night. I tell you what, Mike, we did some advertising. We didn't do a whole lot of advertising. We did some advertising in the free press, ran some local ads, and I'm gonna tell you what, they came and they came and they came, and it just we called it action on the apron Friday nights. And I'm gonna tell you what, it built it built itself up fantastically. It was unbelievable. The problem is is that we didn't have the resources or the manpower to try to teach these people how to wager and how to bet. And even though our, we bought in 3,000 people a night, they didn't know how to wager. They didn't know how to bet. And, you know, I mean, so the handle never really went up. But nonetheless, Mike, that's for another time. But we had a, a great crowd there every Friday night, and it started to bowl over into Saturday nights as well. But, um, you know, I mean, we dodged a lot of bullets in, in my nine years there at Hazel Park Raceway, a lot of bullets. You know, and, and I don't mean to keep harping on this because we got Kim Hankins coming up. We're going to bring him on in just a second. Yeah, can we uh, – well, when you get a second, we need to go to a break as well um, for other reasons. Okay, okay. Uh, but, however, I did want to say one more thing. Um, back – I mean, Hazel Park was one of those types of places where we were – we had to cut down terribly, terribly, terribly. And I mean, as far as staffing and as far as everything else. And I remember towards the end of my tenure, I mean, just walking through the place at night before I would leave, making sure every TV was uh, was shut off, making sure every um, light in any closet, any remote closet was off. I mean, it was tough. We dodged a lot of bullets there, but uh, nonetheless, I guess they couldn't dodge this one and. And that's that. So anyway, R.I.P. Hazel Park after 70 years. We're going to get the show on the road. Kim Hankins is going to be joining us uh, here in just a few minutes. The executive director of the MSOA, plus McGuire Sowers, Jason Bartlett, Joanne Looney King, John Hernan, much, much more. Let's get this thing started. It's post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join the revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. 
Retrain, Rehab, Rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, a lot coming up on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. And uh, let's lead things off with the executive director of the MSOA, our good friend Kim Hankins. Kim, welcome to the program, my friend. How are you? Thanks, fellas. Uh, I'm honored to be on your program, and I uh, really like the Jackson Brown lead-in music. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we were saving it for you. I'll tell you what, Carter don't let me choose a lot of leading music, so I got to make <laughs> sure it's a good one because we're drowning in this country stuff. You wait till oh, you see the new list of, of bumpers in a couple of weeks; it's going to be terrible. But <laughs> just I just I'm just kidding. I love my man Carter over there in, in this country music. I'm actually warming up to it a little bit. But uh, but anyway, there's a few uh, of us, uh, a few of us uh, rock aficionados in the business, like Kurt Becker and Chris Tully and. Uh, a few people that discuss rock and roll music when we get together. Well, I'll tell you what, nothing wrong with some good old classic rock. That's what I grew up on and I still love to this day. But uh, let's talk a little Kim Hankins. Kim, uh, we know you're the current executive director of the MSOA. You've obviously worn a lot of hats uh, throughout your tenure in the sport of harness racing. Tell us about how you got your start and uh, tell us about how you got involved in the sport right from square one. Uh, well, that, that one's a fairly simple answer, uh, I was born into the business. Both of my parents were trainers and drivers, and my grandparents were both uh, on both sides were in the business. I'm a fifth-generation horseman on my mom's side and third on my dad's. So I had a very fortunate uh, childhood to be raised on a horse farm in Indiana uh, during the school year and then go to Chicago uh, to race at uh, Sportsman's Park with my parents in the summertime. So and then uh, I started on my own uh, when I was 19 years old. My parents dropped me off at Washington Park with two horses and said, uh, you're now a trainer. <clears throat> so I began that way and trained and drove for 20 years and had some marginal success. Uh, and then as a sideline, I started uh, taking horses to the auctions, uh, clients' horses, to the auctions and agented the horses and then uh, uh, I moved that into more of a prominent role in my career, and finally, <clears throat> at one time, it was uh, to the point where I was making more money agenting horses than I was uh, training and driving, so I, I opened that agency full-time, and I did that for another 15 years, and uh, uh, we had some good success at that, and then the uh, I opened a, or not opened, but I purchased a yearling sale, uh, the premier yearling sale in Illinois and ran it for a few years <clears throat> excuse me and uh, then uh, I got a call from the, the uh, Horsemen's Association in California 
and wanted to know if I'd be interested in coming out there. And uh, uh, they had changed their executive director position and wanted to know if I was interested. So I went there for three years and had a great experience. Uh, we did some great things there for a few years. And then I had a call and an opportunity to come to the Meadows. Uh, just And I was very fortunate that it came about at the time when slots had been passed and the casino was being built here at the Meadows. And uh, uh, so we uh, negotiated a pre-casino purse increase. And then when the uh, casino got built and got running, uh, we were fortunate enough to have huge purse increases and money set aside for retirement programs and uh, and uh, health insurance programs for our trainers, drivers, and grooms. I'm very proud that we have a, a groom's retirement program, one of the few in the country. So very fortunate to be here. Um, I just signed my what I believe to be my final contract here with the uh, with the MSOA. I'll probably retire in four years, but I've uh, been here 11 years uh, and uh, really like it here, like the, the membership, and uh, that's about the basis of uh, my career. Now, Kim, talk to us a little bit about the MSOA. Uh, one thing about the MSOA is the amount of promotions and the amount of hard work that they put in to promote the racing at the Meadows. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that and how you guys have kind of built that up over the years. Well, that was one of the things that uh, has come to, to pass because, as most people know, the casino operators have uh, not deemed it uh, quite as necessary to promote racing as they do the casino portion of it. So uh, my board, being very progressive, decided to uh, assign uh, a large amount of money towards uh, promoting racing on our own. So we've done that with our own funds. And then uh year before last, the new act that came in and expanded gaming uh, in Pennsylvania also included a 1% carve-out from the Racehorse Development Fund for the promotion of racing. So it goes that 1% ends up being $2.4 million that is divided amongst the uh, six shareholders and to a statewide branding marketing uh, effort. And so we're very fortunate to have the not only a progressive board that is willing to spend our money towards marketing but also uh, the marketing fund that is a carve out from the uh, from the resource development fund we are just i just went to a uh, uh, township meeting last night and we have we got approval for a 8 by 14 digital sign that will be placed uh, on the roadway coming into the casino that will be strictly uh, promoting uh, racing uh, post times upcoming events uh, uh, good betting opportunities like carryovers and and things of that nature. So, uh, uh, and that's not a, a cheap project, but it's something that we think that. And we did get the casino to agree to allow us to put it there. Number one, and uh, uh, so we're we're moving forward. We uh, we were uh, sponsors and and partners with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins this year. It was uh, our research showed that uh, our demographic that would come and bet on racing was sports-oriented, and uh, the we wanted to get into, uh, since that was the criteria, we looked at the three sporting, uh, sport, major league sports here in Pittsburgh, and the one that fit the most by uh, 
financial demographics and such was the the Penguin fans. So we started a sponsorship with them, and we had uh, advertising on their uh, radio, TV, their dasher boards, their all of their uh, uh, everything that they have. They're just like a regular uh, major sponsor. And uh, one thing that we've done here also is we wrapped local buses uh, with harness racing scenes and uh, ways to come to the, to the meadows, follow us to the meadows. And so we put that on 16 local buses as well as buses going in and out of Pittsburgh. And now we're uh, looking at wrapping the uh, tail end of horse trailers to uh, have people uh, using them as, as billboards our horsemen to be able to use their trailers as billboards. So we're always looking at ways to promote and to get uh, people to the track and to teach them how to wager once they get here. Yeah, I think that's an important thing. Carter and I talk about that all the time about trying to get I me. Mean, what do we do once we get people through the door? I mean, we, you know, we obviously we we can't leave them hung out to dry. We got to try to make an effort to teach them and to explain to them what's going on out there. Because a lot of people when they walk in the door, they're first timers, they have no idea what's going on, and and uh, you know, and, and and they're there for kind of a party. They're there for a night out, but you kind of kind of kind of got to feed them breadcrumbs, you know, is, I mean, you can't throw too much at once. So it's always kind of tricky to try to educate new people. But Kim, uh, one final question before we let you go, where do you, where do you see Pennsylvania racing going, going forward? Well, hopefully we, cause we do work with the PHHA on a regular basis. And uh, I think we're going to start doing more joint marketing for harness racing uh, so I'm hopefully that we can move forward with uh, trying to increase. We did have a 3% increase last year on our wagering uh, overall, and hopefully we can continue that tr- trend. We've, we broke the trend of decline. Uh, obviously, when you put casinos on the racetracks, the betting on the horses is going to go down. The exclusivity is gone, and people can bet uh, uh, on casino wagering. So, we're clawing our way back to try to get that crowd back and also to get people, uh, uh, like you said earlier, in tuned how to wager. We're, we're very fortunate here that we have a, uh, a racing manager that's uh, in tune to uh, working with us on promotions but also on how to educate betters. Beautiful. Good stuff. Well, Kim, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. We'll, maybe we'll check in with you as we get closer to the adios and the stake season starts up. Always great racing at the Meadows. And uh, for those people that don't know, uh, I know you guys race uh, pretty much year-round. What's, uh, what's your schedule looking like over the next uh, month or so as far as uh, post times and days and stuff? Well, we race uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at 1.05 and Saturday at uh, 1.05. We do have one Friday evening uh, on the 27th of April, but otherwise we're Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday. And because of our herpes outbreak, we had some cancellations, so we filled in a few of our gaps with the cancellation date. So we're going to be racing the rest of the year, four days a week, and uh, right through the end of the year. And like Roger Houston says, it's the Meadows. Be there. All right, Kim. Well, we certainly appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. Listen, we're thankful that uh, you guys are out of that outbreak, and uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing some of the great racing at the Meadows. 
Thank you so much for having me. All right. That was Kim Hankins, the executive director of the MSOA. And um, I'll tell you what, some great, uh, great information there uh, from the MSOA. Well, coming up next, we're going to talk to driver Jason Bartlett. He's got a ton of drives between Friday and Saturday night in the blue chip matchmaker and the George Morton Levy. We'll get that on the backside of this commercial. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Every dream has a start. And this one is ours. To trot and pace fast. Faster than all the others. And maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks, return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you, but you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. This edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. We're joined now by Jason Bartlett, a driver at uh, Yonkers Raceway. Jason, how are we doing this morning? Uh, doing good, guys. How are you? Not too bad. Well, Jason, let's uh, let's kind of dive into uh, your Friday and Saturday night drives. You got some great action in the blue chip matchmaker, the George Morton Levy, and you kick things off with Lady Shadow in Friday night's fifth race. And talk to us a little bit about her. Uh, she's gotten. Uh, you know, she's got, got the speed. She just hasn't seemed to uh, to kind of kick forward like she did last year. Yeah, you know, she's kind of been very inconsistent this year. Um, her first race was qualified very well. Her first race was very good. You know, kicked home pretty well. Didn't pull the plugs on her. Then her last two weeks, just um, she ain't been, her, been herself. Um, but um, that's the unfortunate thing about her right now. She's, you know, she's just very inconsistent. So kind of don't even know really what to expect. 
Jason, Mike Bozich here. Let's move along to race number six, uh, the next division of the Blue Chip Matchmakers Series. And uh, you've got a field of six here, and you're uh, taking the reins on Wishy Washy Girl, a horse that uh, you've driven for uh, three straight times and have driven in the past for trainer Rich Banka. Won the first division uh, back on the 23rd or, or won a division of that. And then last uh, race outside post six was uh, just a little bit too much. Race didn't work out for you. are back out in post six here uh, coming up on Friday night. What's your thoughts on her? Yeah, I thought I drove her bad. Um, I kind of overthunk the race a little bit. Um, I thought I would be able to get out in the last turn, um, but, uh, you know, it didn't work out. So, yeah, that was my fault. She was really good, though. She had a lot of pace through the wire. So I would, uh, you know, I would chalk that up as a as a bad drive there. But um, this week, you know, she's got a few um, inside early levers. So I think I'm going to have to play, uh, play off of Medusa, see what she does, and uh, see what happens from there. So, I got a uh, Queen B will probably leave, and then Medusa. I'm not sure what she will do. She's been racing off the pace, but um, you know I'm gonna play off her through the gate. Jason, race number seven is the third division of the Blue Chip Matchmaker, where you drive Mock at a par. And two weeks ago from the rail, uh, she got a pretty much perfect trip, and uh, she, you know, she just went around the racetrack, raced pretty well. Last week uh, she drew post five. This week she draws post seven. Uh, it's gonna be a little bit of a tough task from the outside this week. What do you think? Yeah, you know, two two weeks ago when she finished second, uh, if there was a passing lane, she would have won by five, um, or if she could have gone right. But um, she was really, really good. Last week she was good again. Um, there's a horse behind me that, um, you know, pulled at the quarter pole off slow fractions. So, you know, I wasn't really quite interested in pulling that early off slow fractions against um, L.A. Delight. So, um, you know, I just tried to hope things worked out. She had a lot of pace again. This week with the seven hole, um, you know, we're under, you know, we're, we're going to have to see how the race goes. Hopefully they have a little bit of speed early and, you know, she has a good little kick home, but she's, um, she's coming around. She seems um, she's getting back to be uh, the old, you know, the, the mayor that she was before. So I'm, I'm really pleased the way she's been coming along. All right, Jason, let's move along to the George Morton Levy series on Saturday night. Already the fourth leg, the first division appears in race number six, and uh, you've got a field of seven. Your drive is five, Killer Martini, a horse that was coming off a scratch sink. Didn't race too bad with live cover last time. Western fame has just been really, really good as of late. And, of course, Rock and Ron's been a force in that series as well. Perhaps a bit of a an easier field, although you do have a bit of a legend starting from post two, and he is undoubtedly going to be the favorite. What are your thoughts on Killer Martini starting from post five? Pleasantly surprised last week, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, he, for, for, to him to step up against them horses, I mean, I know he beat the Opens there two weeks in a row, but kind of the race is set up for him uh, for a closer and, uh, you know, not racing against open company horses. So last week I was very, very happy with him. He actually got around the turns a little bit better than he did when he actually won the two Opens. So, you know, he's a nice little horse. If he can, you know, if they, you know, go a little bit fast to the half, you know, he'll be right there. Um, you know, he's going to need a trip against those types of horses, that's for sure. So, uh, you know, same thing, you know, hopefully to get a little piece of it. Race number eight is the uh, second division of the George Morton Levy, and you drive somewhere in L.A. who seems to be really getting better over the past couple of weeks. Uh, last start out from post number six, uh, Jason, you were able to get <clears throat> you were able to get him to the lead uh, coming first up, and he just kind of cruised on the front end. Uh, talk to us a little bit about somewhere in L.A. and kind of how he's grown over the uh, 2018 season. Yeah, you know, he, he you know we thought we were going to get in keep you know the first. Um, year because he didn't end the year off great. You know he had a hard year, raced hard, 
um, type of horse that, you know, he's just hard on himself sometimes. And, um, you know, we got stung a little bit of the quarter. I mean, he still won, but that's not how you kind of want to go into a series like the Levy. So I uh, raced him off a helmet last, you know, was it three weeks? So he's, um, he's, he's getting better every week. And, um, you know, last week I, I, I thought I picked, you know, I thought we grew a softer group if I could get into the race a little bit without using him too hard. And, uh, you know, landed in a good spot. And uh, when he come, you know, he came for a star, he, he dusted right by him. So he's a, he's a nice horse, um, you know, off the rail this week. You know, we're in a little bit tougher company this week, obviously. He's got a couple to beat in there. But, you know, I think he'll get the respect that he deserves off the rail. Race number nine is another division of the George Morton Levy, and uh, your drive is another daily copy starting out from post six. Last time you were up against uh, Dr. J. Hanover, who I'll tell you what has really been opportunistic as far as getting the fractions. I think a couple of times in a row, Dr. J. Hanover has been able to get away with murder up top, but uh, nonetheless, no Dr. J. Hanover in here, but you do move outside. What are your thoughts on another daily copy? Yeah, you know, the first week I was disappointed in him, and I was disappointed in him. Um, you know, I didn't think he raced that well. Then he come off and got a little lucky. Um, got a little lucky with the, with the trip the week before. You know, just rolled the rail and uh, shot through. Had a lot of pace at the wire. And then last week, you know, Dr. J. Dr. J. Um, drives. You know, leaves so fast that um, that you know I couldn't. Uh, you know, he leaves so fast that you know he. That's why he gets two fractions. But I was happy to sit the two hole. He he was really good last week. He's you know, he's just another horse that's going to need a trip. All right, fantastic. Well, listen, Jason, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Real quick, one final question before we let you go. Obviously, the uh, removal of the passing lane has made a lot of headlines over the past few months in the harness racing circles at Yonkers Raceway. The handle seems to be doing well. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, the first couple of months without the passing lane? You know, it's it's been uh, it's a little bit been of a, a chore to – you know, to figure it out because you've been so used to it there. But, um, you know what, it, it's kind of um, – it helps you and it doesn't. You know, when you get the front and you got the best horse behind you, you can kind of keep them locked in. But, I mean, I think it helps you win races and lose races. So, you know, that's just the uh, nature of the beast, I think. And even with the passing lane, you know, sometimes, you know, with the passing lane, it won your races and it lost your races. So, I think it kind of evens out in the long run. Uh, I think Yonk has been doing a good job of, um, you know, trying not to go against different tracks. Um, you know, that's why their handle's up. Uh, Cammy Hound's done a uh, really nice job of, uh, you know, getting in them spots where, you know, we're not running against other tracks. So, you know, everything's on. Uh, we're moving on up there at Yonkers. So it's been really good to see. All right, Jason. Well, listen, stay warm up there and, uh, you know, send uh, send some warm <laughs> weather our way in Cleveland, will you? Oh, my Lord, man. It's, it's, it's crazy, this weather. Man, it doesn't seem like we're going to get any, anything good here coming up. <laughs> All right, Jason. Good luck this weekend, buddy. All right, guys. Have a have a good day. Thank you very much. All right. That was Jason Bartlett. Uh, boy, does he have some live drives coming up on Friday and Saturday night, Mike. And uh, we talked a little bit about Lady Shadow, uh, Mike, uh, as we were talking with him. And, boy, talk about a horse who really hasn't bounced uh, yet in 2018. It's kind of been surprising to see uh, she hasn't kind of come back to form. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if she could find her form coming up in the uh, last couple of lengths of the blue chip matchmaker. And by the way, Mike, let's give kudos to our final eight. What do they call them? The elite eight that have made it oh, down yeah, to the uh, George Morton Levy bracket buster tournament. Congratulations to the eight combatants that will do battle. And, you know, here's the thing about being in the elite eight of our 
uh, tournament, Mike, sponsored by the good friends at Standard Bread Owners Association of New York, by the way. But uh, how about if they get past the Elite Eight, it's the money round. They have made the money round. How about that? That's right. Yeah, if they get past this uh, this round, they are cashing. Uh, the final eight are uh, Justin Dickinson and Andrew Dukoski from the East, Vanessa Powell and uh, Pedro Baez from the West, uh, Rich Kalina, and uh, last year's champion, John Bernags from the South, and Terry Wilson and Jeff Bayman from the North. So it's... Uh, you know, it's exciting, that's for sure. Uh, once we get down to the final four, though, they are all cashing for at least $50. So it'll be interesting that's to right. see uh, how it all kind of plays out. And, Mike, uh, I do have to correct you on one small minor thing. John Vernags and his dad, uh, the John Vernags Sr., both got into it, and uh, the champion is gone. Vernags is gone. It's no, Vernags no, 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 Sr. No. that said it. No, well, no, Vernaglia is gone. I made might have made a mistake. Because Vernags is in. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'm. Well, one of the two of them. Anyway, anyway, the family's represented. The family's represented either way. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So so last year's champion from uh, from from number he you know we we ranked you know we we ranked these guys. uh, He was ranked. when we started this thing, ranked number two, obviously the rankings don't mean anything. Uh, but next year, Mike, we're talking uh, the, that the rankings might mean a little something as far as maybe a little bonus, as far as a bonus. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many questions I got about that. Why am I Why am I seated number 16? Why am I seated number 10? Holy moly. <laughs> well, well, we're hoping that next year we can, uh, we can kind of pair people up with, uh, you know, pair people up with the team. And if their team wins the, uh, you know, wins the whole thing, then maybe we could uh, give a little bit of a bonus. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we're looking forward to that in 2019. But uh, talk about a lot of fun. This has uh, drawn a lot of attention on social media, and we're very happy uh, with everything that's come from it. And uh, everybody seems really happy, Mike. Yeah, it certainly does. That 64-man tournament, but I'll tell you, it filled quick. And we had 32 last year. When with the 32-man tournament, we upped it to 64, and it filled, if not quicker, than the 32-man last year. So congrats. Thanks to everybody that played along, and congrats to the final eight. This is it. You're on the bubble, as they say in the poker world. You're, in the, you're on the bubble, so it's time to advance into the money round. When we come back, there's still a lot left on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. McGuire, Sowers, Joanne Looney King, and John Hernan all coming up on Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich here along with Mike Carter for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a wheelchair or scooter? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application. If eligible, you may receive funding. Again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer, driver, or owner? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2017 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2018 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through October 31st. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers, trainers, and owners. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. 12 championship races. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick and a coast home champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018 coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail. Modern legend there. Foiled again. Dead game. Clear vision laid on the outside. 
University in one forty-seven and three. That's a new track record. Competitive racing and full fields equal big fields. Six roses at thirty-five to one. Bang! Soon go the fireworks. Catch exciting live harness racing at Rosecroft Raceway. Two days a week, every Wednesday at 6.40 and Sunday at 4.40. Rosecroft has an industry-low 12% takeout on the Pink 5. Rosecroft Raceway, we race. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. A lot left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich is back on the big show. Don't forget, we've got Joanne Looney King coming up in just a few minutes. She's going to talk to us about her spectacular mare, Shark, that has just been an unbelievable force in the blue chip matchmaker. Plus, John Hernan's going to join us at about 11.30 or so. We're going to dissect the matchmaker and Libby series. That is all coming up on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. But first, it's time to uh, check in with uh, a driver who's got things going his way as a blade, McGuire Sowers. McGuire, how are you, sir? Very good, very good. Glad to be Well, listen, show. we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. You had five wins the other day, and obviously you're making your post-time with Mike and Mike debut. And when you do make your post-time with Mike and Mike debut, we always ask that you kind of tell us a little bit about your background and how you got involved in the industry. So how'd you get involved? Tell us about uh, day one, square one. Uh. Just one day, uh, I started, uh, I jogged my first horse with my dad at Connell Park Raceway in Woodstock, New Brunswick, and then I really got the like of it, and then I started jogging horses on my own when I was about 11 years old, and it just accelerated from there. And how old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? (laughs) I'm 18 now. I just got my provisional license, so... Unbelievable, 18 years old. Now, anybody that you looked up to in particular when you started getting behind horses as far as drivers or trainers are concerned, any kind of like, I don't know, I don't want to call them role models, but, I mean, anybody that you looked up to and say, man, I want to be like him or her? Uh, Yeah, uh, Jason Bartlett. He's uh, I'm actually stabled at his hometown right now. I'm stabled at Windsor Fair, Windsor, Maine. And, wow. Uh, I always looked up to him as, you know, he's like a role model. He's going like he started right out in Maine, like right where I started. And now look at him. He's top dog at Yonkers and good guy to follow. Of course, Jason Bartlett, obviously, yeah, you, you mentioned it, moved right on to Yonkers and has uh, become the leading driver there. And now that they're going for the great purses with the slots. But uh, you're in Maine. Tell us a little bit about we, – we haven't really had a chance to cover a whole lot of Maine racing. Tell us a little bit about the rate racing atmosphere from your perspective in the state of Maine. Scarborough Downs and Bangor Raceway and the 
best time of the year is racing at the fairs. The fairs, it's nice, you know, seeing all the people hollering at you, cheering you on. It's beautiful. Yeah, fairs are definitely a different animal than the than the uh, paramutuals. Uh, you know, in a lot of situations and jurisdictions don't allow gambling at the fairs, but I'll tell you, they still draw the people. They come for the love of the game, and it's certainly pretty awesome. McGuire, tell us about your five-win day. You had a five-win day about a week ago. Tell us a little bit about that and what was going through your head, or, or if it was just business as usual. <laughs> well, no, right before the day started, I thought I at least had two chances. I said, I'll try to make the best of it. And after I won the first two, I said, no, I wasn't so bad. After the third one, I said, wow, you know, it just kept getting better and better. No, it, the last three didn't really shock me, but, you know, I didn't think I could get there and all in the last three, but it was a blast for sure. Now, McGuire, visiting with McGuire Sowers, a driver up in the state of Maine. McGuire, tell us a little bit about what you think the future holds. Is is driving something that you want to stick to for a while, or do you see yourself getting into the training aspect? Or do you see yourself kind of dabbling in the both a little bit? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to stick the summer here. I'm going to do just the driving part. My dad's going to stick with the training. I'll be driving for him. we got a big stable. we got 35 horses. So I'm trying to just stick the summer here, Maine, and hopefully if I get good enough numbers, like people see what I'm, how good I'm doing, hopefully I can work my way in New York. Now, is your dad kind of your uh, – is he kind of when, when you're out there on the track and, and maybe, uh, you know, it's not so good of a drive, does he let you know about it? Uh, he won't tell me after the race. Like, he'll usually wait for the drive home. He'll tell me why I should have did right or <laughs> – you know what I did wrong. It's one of them. Yeah, right. Obviously. Um, so, what what do you think towards the future? If you look ahead, maybe ten, fifteen, twenty years, what do you eventually want to do? What would be that if you if you had a chance to win one race? What do you think? What would that dream race be? Uh, I definitely think it would be, you know, the Meadowlands Pace would be something. That'd be a dream come true. All right, fantastic. Real quick before we let you go, McGuire, tell us uh, tell us about your stable a little bit. Tell us about some of the horses uh, in the barn and maybe who could, we could uh, look out for coming up in the near future. Uh, I got a horse named Just Like a Virgin. He seems to be a real nice horse. Uh, hopefully when I get him to the bigger tracks, so he can get around the turns way better, and he'll be a fast horse. And... Uh, Another one I got is uh, Falcon's Luke. He's a little bit of an older horse, but he's starting to come to himself. He's a nice animal. Got some speed. Really looking forward for the summer with him. All right, fantastic. Well, listen, McGuire, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. As Everybody listen, because this is a name that you're going to hear a lot of in the near future, McGuire Sowers. McGuire, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. All right, thank you. All right, that was McGuire Sowers, driver up in Maine, 18 years old. My, oh, my, what would it be like to be 18 years old again? When we come back, Joanne Looney-King, we're going to talk to her a little bit about Charton. And, well, I'll tell you what, she has just been a 
force to be reckoned with in the blue chip matchmaker at Yonkers. We're going to talk to Joanne about her success, plus about how the rest of the barn's doing. And of course, we've got the fine track announcer of Yonkers Raceway, John Hernan, joining us at the bottom of the hour. You've got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by our good friends at Bet America. We'll be back in just a moment. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's It's that easy. easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join the revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. Are you a student looking to log volunteer hours or just someone interested in spending free time giving back in your local community? Pacing for the Cure could use your help. We need volunteers at local events to help with fundraising and to assist with the annual dinner party planning activities. Please email Janine at pacingforthecure.org for more information. Again, that's Janine at pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Pacing for the Cure annual sponsorship opportunities are available on the pacingforthecure.org website under the donor tab. Choose your sponsorship level or customize your own sponsorship package. This is a great time to reserve a table sponsorship at the annual Pacing for the Cure fundraising dinner party in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in November. As always, there will be great food, entertainment, and prizes at the annual event. Visit pacingforthecure.org. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, right now we're joined by Joanne Looney King. Joanne, welcome to the program. It's been a little bit since you've been here. Oh, it has. I'm so glad to be back. Really. Fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what. You have to be thrilled with a horse by the name of Charton, and she has <laughs> just been a brute in the blue chip matchmaker, winning just about however she wants to win, and uh, she's been fantastic. Tell us a little bit about her. Tell us a little bit about how you got her. Well, how lucky am I? Uh, Rich Pellucci, uh, who bought Nike Franco, and he bought Chris and me. He was also Modern Family. 
uh, Maestro Blue Chip, Rich has been around a long time, does his research, can uh, can find a horse. Uh, he texted me a picture of her and uh, said, wow, <laughs> she looks like a, uh, a tank with a horse costume. And uh, he says, well, hey, if you want in on her, uh, fine. And I, uh, I spoke to Jimmy about it. Well, my husband likes to make money. He doesn't like to spend money. But uh, nice. I was on board from the time Rich said, do you want you want in i was on board uh i didn't know anything about tintin in america her sire but uh i have found out about him since then and he's quite popular uh down under i think he's standing in australia now he got 90 mares last year so happy for those connections for sure and uh uh thrilled with her how lucky am i really how lucky really joanne let's no go ahead i'm sorry Uh, no, no, I, we, I was just, you know, we took her to the track and, uh, you know, qualified her. Uh, we knew she was a bit bossy. Uh, she was going to do things her way. So it's really uh, the only the only thing that's uh, that gotten her calmed down a little bit now. So uh, we're just thrilled. I can't even tell you how thrilled we are with this. It's amazing, just amazing to have a mare like her and own part of her. Wow. Yeah, she's been doing obviously fantastic. She's been lights out. You know, talk to us a little bit about Rich. I mean, you've been with you you've been partnering together with Rich for for quite a while, and and obviously Rich is uh, you know hey he's not afraid to to spend some money, and obviously like you said he does a lot of research, especially when it comes to bringing horses from overseas, and and you know a lot of times. You know, we don't give our owners uh, a lot of shout out. I don't know, maybe you guys do, but you know, just they seem to be the forgotten force a lot of times. I think let's give Rich a shout. Let's talk a little bit about Rich for a minute. Well, you know, Rich just kind of uh, showed up, uh, sent us some of his barn horses. He he has connections down there. Uh, he has a great agent, uh, and you know, of course, you know, once you get a great agent, they want to sell you good horses, and. Uh, we took some of the claimers, and then uh, the next thing comes along, Maestro Blue Chip. That was phenomenal, and Nike Franco. But Rich is not afraid to spend money, absolutely. And in this business, you better not run scared. You better not be afraid to spend money, or you'll never have anything. You have to spend the money. You make a bad buy, okay, we're going on to the next one. So me and Rich kind of think like there. I like to spend money, and he likes to spend money and get good horses. And uh, he's a great owner. He never wants to hurt a horse. Look, he doesn't want to put a horse out on the track unless that horse is good and sound. And when I texted him last week after her third win in the matchmaker, I said, hey, Rich, don't you think that next week is a week she ought to have off? Won't she pay us back for that? He said, absolutely. So we strong-armed the trainer a little bit there, and we told him, she's taking off next week, Mr. King. So we got, we got our way there. So she, she deserved it. She needs that week off. It's, uh, look, we're, we're four to five hours away from Yonkers one way. Yeah. Uh, that's a haul. So, oh yeah, uh, especially it, coming from Delaware, you got to go over the George. Mm-hmm. You got to go. Oh, you got to go through basically uh, New York, and you got to go through the George Washington Bridge. I know that's not an easy haul. No, it's not easy. And uh, you know she's a good shipper. She does everything you ask her to do. Uh, but uh, she needed a week off, uh, definitely. So uh, I know she'll pay us back for that. And what a thrill. I can't even tell you. I've never owned a horse. I'll be 72 next month. We did not have Visiting a horse like John, tell us a little bit about how Sharpton is in the morning. How is, how is she to train, and how is she from a personality point of view? 
Um, she's very meek. She's very mild. My 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 friend uh, and my longtime employee Kate. She's 69 years old. She has she takes care of her. She's a perfect horse to take care of. Uh, the only uh, I mean, she has her schedule. She likes to go out in the paddock. She just she doesn't do a lot of running. She likes to look. She's always looking out her window. Very very meek. Very very mild in the stall. Uh, when we first put her on the track, our first race with Tim, boy, that was uh, that was a whole nother that was a whole nother story. He was quite upset with her. Matter of fact, he was pissed off at her. She wants to do things her way. She <laughs> wants to pull herself, and she wants to go. Well, you can't do that. She, like Tim says, she has to be Americanized. She has to learn. She's got to sit in a hole. She can't go out and dominate those girls on the front end every week. So he has been Tim Tietrick has been. A phenomenal uh, credit to making her do things the right way. And of course, my husband's a great trainer. I got him knocked all the way around here. I got a great driver. I got a great trainer. I got a great partner. What more could you ask for? Joanne, tell us uh, a little bit about what's ahead for Sharpton. I mean, obviously, we don't want to make any predictions as far as what's going to happen in the blue chip matchmaker finals because it's a that's raced on the racetrack. I mean, you know, performances sometimes, and, you know, obviously don't want to handicap too much the race on paper because you still have to race the race. But afterwards, granted that she stays healthy and everything's smooth, what, what do you, where do you see her in uh, maybe a couple of months from now? Uh, well, you know, we, we do have the Roses of Red, one to Canada, her and Nike. Uh, wouldn't that be great to have two of these girls, two good girls? Uh, you know, we got Roses of Red, Golden Golden Girls, Lady Liberty, you know, the, the, the things that all the, the older mares go to. So um, hopefully, uh, you know, things will, you know, hey, you know this business, you, you, you never know. You walk in the barn, you don't, it's a trainer's life. <laughs> you know, here come the grooms. Oh, look, I get a big late. You don't ever know what tomorrow brings, but that's the plan. That's the plan to go with all these good mayors and try to beat them or try, and try to get try to get money. So Fantastic. And Joanne, before – that's right. And before, before we let you go, tell us about some of the other horses. Uh, Chris and me has been competing in the, uh, the Levy Series, and uh, obviously you've got a couple of other horses uh, going as well. Tell us about the barn in general. Oh, well, Wakasashi qualified yesterday at Rosecroft. He was very yep. good. He is not staked for anything this year, but we're open for uh, invites and that sort of thing. I think he's going to be on it. Uh, um, uh, my little girl, Perfect Bags, qualified yesterday at Harrington. We took four to Harrington, then we ran over to Rosecroft yesterday and qualified two more. Uh, I think we have a nice group of horses, and I've got a few two-year-olds that are coming along good, a Sweet Lou, uh, uh Oh, you know, but the, all this, uh, I got a couple Captain Treacherous, so we don't have a lot. We have a, basically a small stable compared to these big ones, but um, everything so far looks lovely, and uh, we're counting on a good year again this year, and uh, fingers crossed. All right, fantastic. Well, Joanne, it's always a pleasure. We certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to you going forward, and uh, we'll certainly be watching for the Joanne Looney King slash Jim King stable of horses in the near future. Oh, thank you so much. I hope that we can uh, do this and uh, have a great summer and a great year, and uh, I'm so looking forward to it so far. Yeah, just hopefully we can get some warm weather uh, pretty soon. This is crazy. (laughs) 
Well, as a matter of fact, it is crazy. The wind is blowing so hard right now, and the animals, even the animals notice that this is wrong. This isn't right, you know. But, no. uh, hey, you know, we're going with it. And uh, if uh, you know what? If that's the worst thing I got to deal with, the winds and the weather today, I'm a lucky person. You aren't kidding. You and me both. Thanks, Joanne. Okay. Thank you so much, Mike. Hope to talk to you again. All right, that was Joanne Looney King, a trainer of Charlton, and we've just talked about her. Boy, she has just been on fire at Yonkers Raceway in the first three lanes of the blue chip matchmaker. Gets the week off. Obviously, she's pretty safe to uh, get into the finals of the blue chip matchmaker, and I'll tell you what, it's uh, just a fantastic, fantastic horse and a great barn that uh, Joanne Looney King has. Always have to keep an eye on her horses, especially from a gambling point of view. John Hernan is coming up next. He's the track announcer at Yonkers Raceway. We're going to talk a little bit about the George Morton Levy and the Blue Chip Matchmaker. That is coming up. Uh, don't forget about the newsletter. It's going to be uh, released tonight. Another edition. I believe it's already edition number 11 of the Post Times newsletter. If you haven't signed up, for the, uh, the newsletter, you can get it right to your front door via email at post time uh, with Mike and Mike.com. All you have to do is email Mike at post time with Mike and Mike.com and say, add me. Boom. You're at it. Just like that. It's just that easy. So uh, don't forget that's going to be released about five or six o'clock tonight. If you're not on the mailing list, you can always check it out on our website, post time with Mike and Mike.com. Also forget, don't for, uh, don't forget to uh, follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Always keep a very high social media presence. And uh, don't forget, you can also hear all of our shows on demand at your convenience, not only on our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com, but at betamerica.com as well. We're part of the Bet America Radio Network. Great folks at Bet America. So make sure you check them out, betamerica.com slash bar. John Hernan is up next on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Back in a moment. Excitement. Keystone Velocity in one forty-seven and three. That's a new track record. Competitive racing and full fields equal big payoffs. Six roses at thirty-five to one. Bang! Soon go the fireworks. Catch exciting live harness racing at Rosecroft Raceway. Two days a week, every Wednesday at 6.40 and Sunday at 4.40. Rosecroft has an industry-low 12% takeout on the Pink 5. Rosecroft Raceway, we race. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. 12 championship races. The captain, not to be denied. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick got a coast home a champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018, coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail, modern legend there. Four is again, dead game. Clear vision right on the outside. Pet Rock on the inside. Photo finish. Four is again at Pet Rock together. Attention all breeding funds. 
Did you know Basing for the Cure has a stud fee for scooter program? Your stud fee donations will help those living with MS with severe mobility limitations obtain a scooter and be able to continue to enjoy their love of harness racing. Contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org if you'd like to make a donation. Mike? In case you haven't noticed, Mr. Bill G. has begun pacing for the cure for multiple sclerosis. Join in on the fun and weekly contest on Facebook to guess where he will place in each race. Like and share our page. Great prizes available for the lucky winners. Better yet, come out to the racetrack and watch him race live. Let's start a Mr. Bill G. fan club and start blogging on the journey page of the pacingforthecure.org website. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Harness Racing's 2018 Grand Circuit schedule begins at Yonkers Raceway with the George Morton Levy and Keystone Velocity and a blue chip matchmaker. Medusa into second, Mackenzie A takes the blue chip matchmaker final. The preliminaries for the Matchmaker and Levy Series start the weekend of March 16th with the finals on April 21st. For more information, visit EmpireCityCasino.com. Back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter and the track announcer of Yonkers Raceway, John Hernan, will be joining us in just a second. We're going to talk, uh, we're going to kind of dissect the blue chip matchmaker and the George Morton Levy series uh, from a handicapping point of view, kind of get John's perspective about the races as he sees it. Of course, he is the eye in the sky, the fine track announcer, uh, one of the uh, best in the business. So he'll be joining us in just a few minutes. But just in case, if you haven't heard, Hazel Park Raceway. A long-time harness track has been there for 70 years. Shut their doors uh, this morning. There's uh, more information about it. Um, if you look the look at uh, kind of do a Google search of the Detroit newspapers, I know it's on ClickOnDetroit.com, uh, and obviously it's made its rounds on social media. And, uh, you know, listen, I've been there. I was there for uh, quite a while. It's uh, certainly a very, very sad thing. So definitely uh, hearts. Uh, and a lot of love go out to the people that uh, work there. I know uh, it was a great, great staff when I was there um, from 2004 to 2012. And I got to tell you, they, like I say, the staff there, a great majority of them put their heart and souls into that place. They raced harness racing pretty much the, well, the whole time I was there from 2004 to 2012. And when I started, at Hazel Park in 2004, they had 150 racing days, 150 racing days. And by the time I left in 2012, they were down to 40, 150 in 2004. And actually, they were in the neighborhood of 185, 190 a year or two prior to that in 2002 and 2003. And uh, in 2012, when I left, they were down to 40 racing days uh, of harness racing. As a matter of fact, when I got to Michigan in 2004, there were, I want to say, six harness racing tracks and uh, down to one. Actually, Great Lakes was their racing thoroughbreds when I got there in 2004. And you had Jackson, and you had Sports Creek, and you had Saginaw, and uh, you had Northville, 
they had a, a bevy of fairs. So, I mean, just uh, probably about 20 different fairs, if not more, scattered throughout the state of Michigan. And you had Great Lakes Down Racing, uh, Great Lakes Downs Racing Thoroughbreds in Muskegon. And then you had Pinnacle, which uh, I believe raced Thoroughbreds for two or three years. The new track out the, by the Detroit airport before they closed. And uh, it didn't take long. I mean, failed initiatives, failed opportunities to get expanded gaming. Um, you know, just the crushing influence of the casino interests in the state. Um, you know, and Hazel Park and Northfield Downs both being 10 miles within four major casinos certainly didn't help. And I guess if you talk to a lot of people, it's probably a miracle that it lasted that long. But, um, you know, dodged a lot of bullets when I was there, but uh, obviously could not dodge this one. So RIP to uh, a track that I was at for a very, very long time. Right now, it's time to bring in the track announcer at Yonkers Raceway, Mr. John Hernan. John, how are you, buddy? How are you, Mike? Great to be with you. All right, just kind of reminiscing about the uh, the old days of Hazel Park. Of course, the news uh, that Hazel Park closed after seventy years in existence. John, that's 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 quite amazing. You know, it's always sad when you hear any track close. I can remember when Roosevelt closed, and you know all the um, all the tracks closing. It's 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 never never a good thing. Besides the the people being out of work, the whole the whole history of of racing goes with it. You know. Yeah, and, and, you know, I mean, obviously the East Coast, rich in tradition. I mean, you had Liberty Bell, you know, you had uh, Garden State Park, right. you know, you had Roosevelt Race. So, I mean, just so many tracks here on the East Coast, you know, that are no longer with us. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's I guess it's evolution of the business and the game, so to speak. And, you know, it is what it is, and we try to trudge forward. But speaking of trudge for, trudging forward, John, uh, the Levy and the Matchmaker is, can you believe it's, Already the fourth leg already coming up this week, and that just goes to show you how fast time's flying. It seemed like we were it, talking about leg one just uh, uh, what a couple days ago. <laughs> right, it's flying, but some of the some of the horses are starting to drop off though, so you're starting to uh, weed out the good ones. Yeah, we are, and uh, you know we just had Joanne Looney King on, and she's uh, got that spectacular mare Charlton, who's just been a bulldozer in the Matchmaker series. Now, uh, much probably to the delight of a lot of horses competing in Leg Four, she is not competing uh, in Leg Four after three straight victories. Give us your impressions on her. Well, Charlton, she's been really, really sharp. I mean, it's just, uh, what was she going for, for three in a row? She's been really on her game, and I think uh, it could be really tough to beat. I think the Levy, uh, the the Levy's been a little bit more wide open. I mean, you've had uh, you've had some horses that have kind of traded off victories. What are your thoughts on the Levy? Any standouts uh, so far through three legs going into leg four? I mean, rock and run. John, you with really us? Really draw a blank. Some, I mean, really up for grab. A uh, last year's one uh, hasn't been that sharp, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk. Let's get into a little bit about what we've got going on coming up on Friday. We've got uh, the Matchmaker, three different divisions, and I believe four different divisions of the Levy on Saturday. So let's talk about the Matchmaker. Let's start with race number five. And the Lady Shadow in a field of six is the favorite at eight to five. But uh, she's she disappointed a couple of weeks ago, the heavy favorite. And uh, she kind of disappointed from the rail last time, uh, having the lead to the half before she seated. Obviously, was going up against the Monster Sharthen. But uh, a little bit of an easier field for Lady Shadow, perhaps, to handle this time. 
John, you with us? Yeah, I'm I'll tell you what, John, we got a bad set. Why don't you call us back? Try to give us a call back, and uh, maybe we can, because uh, we're kind of a victim of a, a cell signal here. So uh, maybe if you give us a call back. Yeah, I'll tell you what. One thing about John Hurt, he likes to walk. He's probably walking to downtown New York City right now. He's a he's an avid walker. Always posts pictures on social media and Facebook about where he's going. So perhaps he's in he's uh, one of those big buildings as his uh, as his cell line of sight blocked. So uh, John will be giving us a call here back in just a few minutes. A lot of times it's just a matter of getting on a different cell. So uh, we'll see if uh, John can connect back with us. But uh, nonetheless, yeah, talking about Lady Shadow in the first division of the blue chip matchmaker coming up. It also starts a pick four at the Yonkers Raceway. And uh, Lady Shadow has been a little bit disappointing. You know, she's only had three starts. She did win uh, a leg of the blue chip matchmaker at 45 cents on the dollar against the likes of Scandalicious and Eclipse Me. That was back on the 16th. But uh, then she finished fourth at 40 cents on the dollar, losing to last year's winner, Mackenzie and uh, Lakeisha Hall, who's uh, really starting to race well as of late. And, of course, Lady Shadow is up against the monster, the dominant mare so far in the first three legs of the blue-chip matchmaker, Sharton. But uh, she gets a field of six. As John mentioned, you see a lot of these horses now. They're starting to drop out a little bit uh, as the legs go by. So, um, you know, perhaps you're going to see some shorter fields. You're probably not going to see as many divisions of both the Levy and the matchmakers. We hone in uh, on the finals. So uh, perhaps that will play into the uh, the advantage of Lady Shadow. Let's see if uh, let's see if we can pick up John. John, where are you in downtown New York City right now walking around? Yeah, I'm I'm downtown and I uh no not wearing a shirt, you know. <laughs> Sorry I lost you. That's all right, buddy. Well, anyway, so we were talking about Lady Shetty. We're cutting in and out there. Once again, give us uh give us your thoughts on her in this uh in this first division. Well, obviously she was uh, clearly overmatched to Shart and and uh, I don't think she had much of a chance there. And um I don't know. I I, I don't really well she's drawn the rail and I guess that's that's a good thing, but I haven't really been Looking at some of the field, she drove. What well, she drove? Post post four to, uh, post tomorrow, four, right? right. But, uh, that's no cakewalk there either, Mike. I mean, uh, I think Eclipse Mien's got. She if the pace is quick, she can, can definitely come off the pace. Um, yeah, it's definitely a softer spot, but it's no gimme. I, I don't think. Moving along to uh, race number six, it is the second division of that blue chip matchmaker. And call me Queen Bee's a slight favorite here. I liked her a little bit last week, but uh, she just kind of had an inside trip. She had a good trip. She finished an even third to McKenzie. She's been locking horns with McKenzie, last year's winner, who's starting to find her stride in this particular series. But uh, once again, you mentioned a good point. I think as the legs you know, go on and the fields start to trim down, you might see some of these horses that were sharing in the first couple legs maybe kind of uh, starting to hit their stride. Stride. What are your thoughts on uh, Call Me Queen Bee in this race in general? Yeah, I, I really uh, I like Medusa the way she's been coming around. Wishy washy girl was really sharp last week. Uh, I'm not really a, a fan of Call Me Queen Bee. She can definitely win in that spot. Ross Krogan's uh, been doing really good things, uh, especially in this series. Again, it's it, it's not cut and dry. I, I think the, Medusa's been good, and Wishy washy girl. It's going to be tough. It's really tough to call. All right, third and final division of the matchmaker coming up on Friday. Lakeisha Hall's been instilled as the 9-5 to favorite. She draws well. She's coming off the victory against the likes of L.A. Delight and Medusa coming off that good trip. But you can tell just by the performances she's making her fourth start of the year. But every start she's been getting better and better, and now she draws well here. 
Yeah, she was tough last week, and I, I think she's going to be one of the one of the mares to beat. And I, I like her a lot. Um, dudes, the ladies hasn't been bad either. So, but I think she's really tough in this spot, and I, I think I could see her winning the whole thing. All right, let's move along to the George Morton Levy. John uh, John Hernan, the track announcer at Yonkers Raceway, joining us. And uh, race number six is the first division of the fourth leg. You've got a field of seven in here, and uh, you've got old bit of a legend from the inside. The nine-year-old just keeps on marching forward, has uh, kind of been the victim of some soft paces over the last couple of weeks with Dr. J. Hanover having things his own way on the front ends. But the no Dr. J. Hanover here, big post relief for bit of a legend, and that certainly has to make him the one to beat you would think right you would think that but this is a horse that can a little bit versatile but i think she can come off the pace and she can kind of get tied he can get time tied up in that spot you know i can see him getting into a little bit of traffic in it chumblier is another horse that takes air not a great spot from the rail for that horse because he doesn't really uh leave i mean uh change stride a bit of a legend uh, he on paper and on class he, you would think that he would be the one to to, to beat here um, I think he's dropped a slight a bit since of, of his old form, but um, it, it's tough to bet against a bit of a legend, and, and especially the way Jordan Stratton, our leading driver, has been driving. He's been on a tear. Yeah, Jordan's certainly coming into his own, and he's uh, he's certainly uh, feeling his own. It's him and Jason. Well, him and Jason Bartlett have always kind of been one-two over there. I mean, you know, Jason's always the mainstay, but Jordan's certainly been gaining on him over the last year. Speaking of Jason Bartlett, race eight is the next division of the Levy Series on Saturday night, and Jason Bartlett's got somewhere in L.A. from the pylons coming off the win and also and really coming off of two solid efforts before that. Uh, draws very well, and but he's got to uh, – Got a lot of horns with Rock and Ron here. Should be interesting. Yeah, this is a, this is probably the toughest division of all. But Rock and Ron, like I said uh, when I came on, he's been really, uh, really showing his stuff lately. And I, you know, let's not discount Missile J. Missile J is always formidable, especially in the Levy. I really like Rock and Ron, Mike. Somewhere in LA, he's got the perfect spot. He's got Jason Barley. He's got the, the hot trainer in Banka. But I really like Rock and Ron. I like Rock and Ron to take the uh, to take the Levy. Let's move along. Race number nine. You've got a field of seven, and uh, last year's champion is probably on the bubble and probably needs a big performance here. And that's the ten-year-old Keystone Velocity. He's got three races under his belt. Set a pretty good tempo the fir- his first start of 2018, and then came up short against Always at My Place, who really had a persistent a persistent first over grind last time. Changed strategies. Next start came closing, and then last start was first over. I don't know. It did didn't appear that he raced very well at all, even though that was a very fast back half with Western fame and Rock and Ron. Maybe a little bit of an easier division for Keystone Velocity, but uh, it's kind of uh, time to get off yeah. the pot for him if he wants to make the finals. Yeah, what do they say about the old gray mayor? But this uh, the mayor, but uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see him winning here. He hasn't been sharp at all. I mean, he's, he can always uh, resort back to his form, like you know, like athletes can do in, in, in a certain you know certain game. Uh, I don't know that he's can take take on these big boys here. I, I like uh, Mockett so from the rail, and the one that has ha- has been disappointing but has better form than indicates is the source foot Stallbaum, a, a simply sensational. Yeah. I, I give him an upset chance there. I, I do, but Mockett so I don't like Keystone Velocity. I'm, I'm probably not on the majority there, but I, I just don't think he, he is what he was, uh, especially last year. 
simply sensational is a horror. And we had Larry Staubaum on at the beginning. Uh, we had him on the show that right when this series started, and we talked quite in depth about simply sensational. And he, this is a horse that they got from overseas, and he kind of wishes he had more time with them. And even when he's scoring down, like after the post parade, you can tell that he is just not familiar yet with the surroundings. But I'll tell you what, when simply sensational right. does break through, I think he's going to be a pretty nice horse. It's funny you should say that Larry said that. It's true. It's like he needs some more time. Exactly right. This horse seems to be like it can be something special, but it, it may be not enough time to get it done here. But uh, let's see what happens. Maybe maybe they can make some equipment changes or they can a week of training can make a difference. But uh, I, I would look for him, especially uh, down the road here. Maybe not, yeah, not he- in that race, but. Well, I'll tell you what, he's definitely going to pop up one of these days, so you definitely have to keep an eye on him. And I'll tell you what, it, 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 it could be very good odds, so you just want to keep an eye on him in the next couple of weeks. Like I said, you might want to put him, if you've got a virtual stable, do that. Well, John, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. I do have one final question before we let you go. And we've Listen, we've talked to drivers, we've talked to trainers, uh, we've talked to nearly everybody about uh, gamblers, uh, how the, the removal of the passing lane you know, affects them, affects their handicapping, affects their driving, affects, you know, training, so to speak. But we haven't asked the announcer how the removal of the passing lane has affected him. Does it affect your race calls at all, knowing that passing lane's not there after getting used to it for so long? Absolutely. And also the uh, the fact that the finish line is up, because I'm at least 30 yards off the wire, so I have to use my uh, ordinary All right, buddy. Well, we got some of that. It looks like you kind of faded away. The cell signal got the best of you. But, uh, John, no, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, as a track announcer, you're used to that thing, the the passing lane being there for so many years. And then, you know, all of a sudden it's not there. And, I mean, you're just ingrained. I mean, you've got the binoculars at a certain spot, and you're waiting for the horse that perhaps is in the pocket to try to open up and come up the passing lane, and there isn't any. So as a, as an announcer, you kind of got to – Keep that in the back of your head that uh, there's a good chance that, that those horses will uh, get locked in and not have any room until well after the wire. But uh, nonetheless, thank you very much, John Hernan. Great, great action coming up this weekend at Yonkers Raceway with the George Morton Levy and the Blue Chip Matchmaker. We're going to wrap this thing up after we come back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Harness Racing's 2018 Grand Circuit schedule begins at Yonkers Raceway with the George Morton Levy and Keystone Velocity and a blue chip matchmaker. Medusa into second, Mackenzie A takes the blue chip matchmaker final. The preliminaries for the Matchmaker and Levy Series start the weekend of March 16th with the finals on April 21st. For more information, visit EmpireCityCasino.com. All right, special thanks to John Arnold, special thanks to all of our guests on this edition of uh, Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. I'll tell you what, it certainly wouldn't be uh, possible without them. Some, uh, you know, fantastic interviews, some great, great insights, and we certainly appreciate all of our guests joining us each and every week on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Well, another edition, edition is in the books. Don't forget, our newsletter is coming up tonight. Make sure you check it out once again. 
log on to posttimewithmikeandmike.com, or better yet, sign up for our email list. Just email us, Mike, at posttimewithmikeandmike.com. All you have to do is say, add me, and we'll get you in on the email list, and that newsletter will uh, come up to your front door. As a matter of fact, this is a great edition of the newsletter coming up. We've got a great story coming up about uh, driver Rick Still. I know a lot of the Maryland guys uh, you know, know uh, Rick, and Ricky's uh, had to go through some injuries, go through some tough spills, but he is back and driving very well at Rosecroft Raceway in the Delaware track. So a great story coming up about him and much, much more in the newsletter tonight. Once again, log on to Post Time with Mike and Mike.com. On behalf of Mike Carter, it's Mike Bozer. We'll see you next week. First post, 1030. Good night, everybody. Good night.